Welcome to a special Draft Night Eve edition Ooh. of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com, presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes. I am John Schmelk. The man to my left is Jeff Fiegel. Hello, the phone Johnny. number for you is 201-939-4513. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter, by the way, if you want to get in touch that way, you can. Big time show. To close out the program, we'll have Matt Miller from Bleacher Report get his final prediction on what the Giants would do with their selections, and we'll also go through who the Giants might have left on the board for them at number six, because obviously who goes one through five will impact the Giants a whole lot. Who knows? And to lead off the show, we're going to have Dane Brugler, who obviously covers the draft for The Athletic in just a moment. But, Jeff, the anticipation is finally here. Finally, right? All this work, all this preparation, we'll finally get to see players get picked. Yeah, no more mocks. Unless somebody drops a mock today. Well, and, and I, this guy might be working on a mock right now. I know he always seems to be working on one. He had a seven-round mock out last week. I don't know how he survived and putting I, that thing together, I just by feel the way. Like, I feel like this is when all of a sudden the wheels start turning in a lot of organizations. Yeah. People start talking about trades. Um, finally, they're, 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 you know, there's one more day they, ha- they can keep their mouth shut. You know, Then it's all going to come out. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of movement in this draft well, and at I th- the top end. And I think that's a great question for our guest, and that's Dane Brugler, who covers the draft for The Athletic. And, Dane, let's start there. First of all, thanks for joining us and, and, Hi, and, and, and uh, being part of the show during draft season, and we really appreciate all your hard work, man. Yep, definitely. Well, hey, ha- happy draft to you guys. I appreciate it. It's uh, hard to believe we're here, but I'm, I'm like you guys. I can't wait to get started. Oh, I know. Of course. I, I, yeah. I was listening to one of you on a podcast the other day, Matt. You said you've watched probably upwards of 1,000 players for this draft. Is that true? Uh, probably way more than that. Uh, I mean, I've ranked over a thousand players in this draft. It's by the time it's all said and done, probably a few thousand. But you know, because you just you want to try to get eyeballs on everybody, and you know, the one of the jobs of a scout is to know when to eliminate someone. And so you know, you watch someone, you eliminate them, go to the next guy, and so yeah, it's been it's been a long road, but here we are. And a lot of those players, maybe not all thousand, but probably I think what around four hundred you can find in your draft guide. Dane, why don't you tell the folks where they can get it? And I'm holding it up for them. <laughs> yeah, four, well, four. I did four hundred reports, four hundred fifteen reports. Uh, I did rank over eleven hundred players in the guide. Uh, but the best way is uh, on my Twitter. I've pinned at the top there at DP Brugler. Uh, it's free with your subscription to the athletic. And so I promise if anybody's interested in the NFL draft, you will not be disappointed by the level of detail and everything that's included in this guide. And Dane, I've printed it out here and I've given it out to a bunch of the people in the building and everybody loves it. And we appreciate the hard work you put into it. So I'm going to go to Jeff's question because I think it was a good one. What are you hearing? Uh, This is when all the late rumors start coming. More people start lying and they lie big time. So what, what are you buying? What are you selling? What do you think we're going to see happen uh, that maybe people aren't expecting or things that you do expect will happen in the first 15 or 20 picks of this draft on Thursday night? Yeah, and this is this this week is one of the best weeks of the year, but it's also one of the most stressful weeks because it's it's hard on our end to because there's so much noise out there and there's so much information, but most of it's misinformation, and so it's trying to weed through all the rumors and figure out where is the truth in all the noise being put out there right now. Uh, it, that that's the toughest part. I am in the in the middle of trying to put together my final mock draft. Oh, okay, and I think. We're going to see a lot of movement. I, I do agree with that. Um, when you look at the top ten, I think one and two I feel as confident as you could possibly be with a mock draft, which isn't very confident. But Kyler Murray at one, Arizona. Nick Bosa at two to San Francisco. And then we're going to see uh, – I think we're going to see some movement. The Jets won out of there at three. 
the Raiders are being as tight-lipped as possible at four, uh, could that be a quarterback? But that, the storyline of round one, and especially the top 20 picks, will be where do these quarterbacks go, what order do they come off the board, and where. And, that, and that's something where it is really hard to have any feel for what these teams are going to do, where they're going to draft a quarterback. I mean, the Giants are right there in that mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they pull the trigger at six? Do they wait till 17? I think that we could see them maybe take a defensive lineman at six, and then at 17, maybe you uh, move up a few spots from mm-hmm. 17 up to, say, 13, and, and you get your Daniel Jones there. Try to get ahead of the Redskins, because we know the Redskins, I, I've been told the Redskins really like Dwayne Haskins, and they really like uh, Daniel Jones. So maybe the Giants try to get in front of the Redskins to get one of those guys, uh, probably Daniel Jones. So there's so many rumors out there, so much information that uh, right now it's a tough uh, tough time trying to weed through everything and figure out what's truth and what's not. You've been doing this a long time, so I would imagine that you you kind of have confidence sometimes in, in some of these teams that are a little bit more protective with their information and some of them aren't. Do you find it? Do you find it consistent with some of the teams that put that fake information out every single year? You're just like, okay, this is the Buccaneers. They always do this. <laughs> or, you know, like, wow, this came from left field. What are the Bills doing? Actually, I don't even know what – so my question is, do you feel like that you can get confident with some of these teams and some teams just have no clue in what they're doing at all? Yeah, I mean, with the, I've been doing this a long time, like you said, and so, you know, I, I've been able to get a little bit of an understanding of who I can trust, who I can't, who sure. is maybe trying to feed me information just to get it out there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just to try and float those rumors, to try and entice a trade, things like that. So I think I'm a pretty good feel. I mean, and it, it's only really about five or six guys. I mean, my – uh, my contacts in the league, uh, you know, a few dozen guys that I, you know, talk to on a regular basis. But when it comes down to this week, there's really only five or six guys that I really, really trust really? Okay. Uh, with their information. And and, it, and wow. it's not a straight like, okay, tell me what you got. It's kind of okay. Well, this is you know, it's an information trading system. It's okay. Well, this is what I'm hearing uh, from Team A. What are you hearing from Team B? And you know, that it's really uh, it, it's tough to figure out how to you know, because you don't want to give them bad information. So. It is really kind of a dance that you have to kind of work around and try to make sure you're giving good information. And, and, and I think the Jets are one of these teams that are dancing. They're, they're trying to get somebody to come up and, and take that pick so they can get a couple mm-hmm. extra ones. Uh, if they stay put and, and we're not going to have a trade and a quarterback's not going to go uh, other than Murray, one through five, Dane, of those top players, and I'm talking Allen and, and I guess Williams I'll throw in the mix, and I, I will put them in the top group. Do either of those you think have a legitimate shot of falling to the Giants at six? I, Josh Allen's the interesting one. I think he makes a lot of sense at three to the Jets. Uh, you know, we, we know they tried to get Anthony Barr, trying to throw a lot of money at him in free agency uh, before he went and decided to go back to Minnesota. Um, but he's he's that edge rusher that the Jets have been missing for a long time Absolutely. since John Abraham. They haven't haven't had that edge guy that they can really trust. But at the same time, do you take the edge player or do you take the best player, which likely is Quinn and Williams at that point? Mm-hmm. And if, if, if Murray goes one, Bosa goes two, Quinn and Williams is going to be a tough guy to pass on because he's a home run pick. You know exactly what you're getting. But when the Jets look at their roster, are they going to see, okay, well, we have Leonard Williams. Is that kind of, you know, we just taken another defensive lineman? Is it really going to impact our team? But at the same time, Leonard Williams is entering the final year of his deal. So mm-hmm. uh, there's some uncertainty there. I, at the end of the day, I'm probably going to lean the best player available. 
uh, you know, Mike McCagnan, uh, GM of the Jets. Uh, I think he feels like, you know, he knows he, he's, he's on the hot seat and he has to get the best players that are, you know, going to make his team better. And I don't think you can go wrong with Quinn and Williams. And so that's kind of where I'm leaning at this point. And then where does Josh Allen land? Right. Florida, Oakland is an interesting spot. We know they need an edge rusher. They could go there. Uh, but they also really like Ed Oliver. Uh, the, the Bucks at five, I mean, it, it almost seems like it's it, being Devin White to mm-hmm. the Bucks almost seems like it, it, it's not going to happen because everybody thinks it's going to happen. Right, so, right. Uh, but it, it does seem like uh, Todd Bowles, new defensive coordinator, he's looking for his Jamal Adams, who they had in New York, uh, you know, the tempo setter also from LSU. Uh, but uh, they think Devin White can be that tempo setter on defense for the Bucks, And in that scenario, say mm-hmm. Quinn Williams goes three, at Oliver four, Devin White five, Josh Allen is sitting there at six uh, for the Giants, could be that pass rusher that we know Dave Gettleman would love to have. My God, I think, that, and that's a, I think that's a legitimate scenario if the Jets stay put at number three. However, I just have a feeling that the Jets want to move back and try to get some. They, did a, they had a huge splash in free agency, got a lot of people you know, then probably it's going to make their team a lot better. What's that? Who's that team that might jump up there? Are we hearing a little bit about the Redskins possibly trying to go after Haskins? What are you hearing there? That That is the big question because uh, it, it is tough to find a dance partner there with the Jets because, yeah, I think you mentioned the Redskins. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense, but they don't have a ton of draft capital in this in this class to just give away picks and move up. Uh, it would obviously okay. be for a quarterback if they did that. Yeah. But at the same time, it would be tough to uh, see them do that, given that they don't have a lot of draft capital. And so, you know, I, I, it is hard. To, could it be the Giants at six? You know, could they move up uh, three spots to uh, get that, make sure they get that pass structure if that's who they want? Or oh, if they want to go with a defensive lineman, would they move up three spots? I think that would be an interesting deal for them. We get, the Jets want back. There's no question about that. Sure. They don't have a second-round pick from the – Sam Donald trade last year. Mike McCagden is trying to get out of that pick as best he can. It's just a matter of will he get the right trade offer to move away from a player like a Quinton Williams or even a Josh Allen. All right, so Dane, let's say Allen does go before the Giants are up, and they're looking at either Devin White, who's an off-the-ball linebacker, and I get worried about picking off-the-ball linebackers that I'm not sure if they can cover that high. And, but then, and then they're choosing from that second tier of pass rushers, the, the Bontez Sweats, the Brian Burns, the Rashawn Garys, the Cleveland Ferrells. Where do you think the best value then lies for the Giants at six if there's no Ed Oliver, there's no Josh Allen, there's no Quinton Williams, and there's no Nick Bosa? It's certainly debatable because I think once you get past those first few picks, it's just, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that Dave Gettleman's a traits guy. He will bet on the traits, sure. the high-end traits, try to get those guys that are going to be impact players. Um, and I don't think he's married to a certain position, uh, but I do think Devin White will be awfully appealing to him because of the same reasons why we think he could go five to the Buccaneers. He's a tempo setter. He's a big-time athlete, four four two speed. Uh, mm-hmm. he, I think what you said is certainly uh, fair about him in coverage. Uh, at LSU, there were times where he would zone drop but for the most part, he's getting upfield. He's going yep. after the quarterback. Uh, that's how they used him in that scheme. So he doesn't have a lot of experience uh, dropping. But, you know, with that type of athleticism, maybe you do want, uh, you know, to use him primarily as a blitzer anyways, even though he is an off-ball linebacker. Uh, so I think with Devin White, I think with him sitting there, if he is there at six, 
I think that would make a lot of sense. And I, I think if, if Ed Oliver's still there, I mean, there are some questions about does Ed Oliver fit schematically with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if you're a defensive coordinator and you can't figure out a way to use Ed Oliver, uh, you need to you know look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, <laughs> I need to change some things because yeah, he he's a big-time talent. And look, and we know Dave Gettleman, what he did at Carolina going defensive tackle oh, yeah. uh, multiple times with premium picks, Starlo Tulele, Kawan Short, uh, Vernon Butler, defensive tackle in the first round from Louisiana Tech. So he's not afraid to go with that interior uh, pass rush, go after those traits guys, and Ed Oliver could be that player if he's there at six. I, I really don't think we're going to see Ed Oliver get out of the first you know, six or eight picks. He's been one of the guys that lately has just shot up the draft. I mean, obviously he was going to be a first-rounder, but I don't think a lot of people at the beginning of this really realized that he would be at the pick that we're talking about. When we talk about a 17th pick now, moving to our second pick in the second in the first round, what do you think about a, an offensive tackle at that position for the Giants? Uh, or would it be another defensive lineman? Or maybe Devin Bush if he's still there. Hmm. That would be interesting. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if Bush lasted that long. I just okay. think same reasons why teams love Devin uh, White. I think the same reason teams are going to love Devin Bush. And sure. that 10th, 11th, and 12th picks, uh, if Devin Bush uh, is available at the 10th, 11th, and 12th picks, I don't think he gets past that. It, it Broncos, the Bengals, the Packers, somewhere in there I think he goes. Pass rusher, offensive lineman, I, I think that's, you know, that's where we're going to be in the teams. And right there with that 17th, 18th pick, even the 19th pick, that's where teams are going to look at that and say, okay, offensive lineman, a uh, sweet spot right there. So there's going to be teams like Houston, uh, like some of these other teams that might try to mm. trade ahead into the early teams to get those tackles because we're going to see a run on those tackles sure. somewhere in the top 18 picks. Talking about Andre Diller, the tackle from Washington State, Jonah Williams, tackle from Alabama, Juwan Taylor, tackle from Florida, Cody Ford. Uh, it is not a bad consolation prize if you get wiped out with those other tackles. Uh, good chance we see some interior guys come off the board with Chris Lindstrom, from, a guard from Boston College, or a center from Garrett Bradbury. They'll, they'll be somewhere in that top 25 mix. Uh, but the tackles, uh, you know, this is a tackle-starved tackle league. We know that. And so because there's so many teams looking for tackle help, I, I'm not sure that there's, you know, the first three tackles are going to make it out of the first 15 picks. Mm. Yeah, Would you be comfortable if you don't go offensive tackle at 17, Dane, that there's going to be one sitting there at 37 that you can plug and play? Do you like a Caleb McGarry? Do you like a Reisner? Do you think he's an interior player? Do you think 17's the spot? And if you don't get him there, can you find the guy that you can plug and play at right tackle in round two or round three? I think when you're at 17, and look, the Giants have a lot of picks. So if they want to try and move around, which I expect them to a little bit, not make any huge, big splash moves, but I do expect them to move around a little bit. I do mm-hmm. not think they're going to pick 12 times. Uh, but I do think that if you're sitting there at 17, it, you know, move up three or four spots and get the tackle that you want. Uh, if they don't do that and they don't get it at tackle and they wait till the second round, I, I think there's a, a decent chance that a Greg Little from Ole Miss will be there, a Titus Howard from Alabama State. Uh, I, I think Caleb McGarry is probably going to sneak into my first round mock, so I mm. think there's a good chance he won't be there. Wow. But with you know, there's a there's a reason we're talking about these guys as second rounders and not first rounders. Of course. And you know, both Greg Little and Titus Howard, they need they need some work, uh, and so you have to be a little bit patient with these guys. Greg Little from Ole Miss, you loved what he saw over the first half of the season. Then the second half, he kind of tailed off a little bit. Consistency is a major issue with him. And Titus Howard, uh, you know, most people know his background, former high school quarterback, uh, moved to tight end 
at Alabama State, and then you know one game he was kind of backing up or he was running with the the tackles in practice, but he was still uh, wear, you know wearing a tight end jersey. One game he uh, that the starting tackle got hurt and they threw him in there, and next thing you know he's a four year starter at the FCS level. So there's a plenty of potential there with Howard. It's just it's going to take a little bit of patience until his discipline, his awareness, and those other things catch up. You mentioned White possibly for you might be the best value at six if they go there we know the Giants need to walk out of this first round with the pass rusher and we also know Dane that after those first five or six guys it gets bare real quick so at 17 in your gut will one of those top tier guys still be there will either sweat a Gary who you know I'm not sure I would count him as a top tier guy but I know NFL people do Brian Burns or Farrell still be on the board at 17 if the Giants don't go with an edge player at 6? Well, there's some intrigue here because with Rashawn Gary, you also have to include the labrum tear yep. um, and how that will affect uh, where he ends up in the draft. It's, it's, do teams feel like he needs the surgery, uh, which could put him on the shelf for a little bit into his rookie season? Uh, and then with Montez Sweat, you have the heart condition. And that's something that there's a lot of different reports out there. I've talked to teams in the top 20 who have told me that their doctors have given them two thumbs up, signed off, and said that it's an enlarged heart. It's something that will require routine uh, checkups just to make sure. But it's not something, you know, because he doesn't have past episodes. He doesn't have a history of a heart condition in his family. Because of these reasons, they're not as concerned, and they gave the two thumbs up that Montez Sweat, you know, that he is medically cleared. But not there are some teams that are ultra-conservative sure. when it comes to the medical, especially a heart. And, there, he's, and, and I don't know where the Giants stand on that. And so Montez Sweat is going to be an interesting name to watch on draft night, see where he ends up. I still think he's going to go somewhere in the top 15 or 16 picks. He's just too good of a player. Yeah. But you just never know when we talk about the heart condition. I, I do think Cleveland Farrell will be there at that point mm, at 17. I like who, him there. You know, he's not, he's not twitched up. You know, he's not that big-time athlete. He's not a Brian Burns. Uh, but I think he has a, a very strong understanding of how to use his hands, how to break down the rhythm of blockers. Uh, we saw it in the national title game against Jonah Williams, being able to use his length, use his timing uh, to beat a technician like a Jonah Williams. So with Cleveland Farrell, uh, you know, you might not have that huge upside in terms of athleticism, but you have a guy that understands how to play the position, can help you out uh, getting after the quarterback, but also playing the run. So, Dane, um, the Giants, you know, they go from 1 to 17 to 37. Seven. Mm-hmm. Then, oh, it's, a, then big... it's a big, steep cliff. Um <laughs> I want your at thirty-two. Just briefly, maybe what can what value will be there at thirty-two? Thirty-seven. At thirty-seven, excuse me. And then, what does it take for the Giants to get in somewhere in there in that that cliff that we just talked about? Fifty to seventy, let's say. So, what's it going to take to get them up into that to that area where they can you know feel that they they that right now they can go to lunch and come back <laughs> and still be on the, they won't even be on a clock for another hour. So that, that's how steep it is once we get after 37. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong. After 37, they don't pick until what? 95, 95. You got it. <laughs> yeah. 95. And that's, and that's it. You're right. I mean, that's a cliff. I mean, that's uh, that's the pick they got from, uh, from Cleveland in the, in the Beckham trade. And uh, yeah, that's a long way to wait uh, without that third round pick, which essentially is, uh, Beal, the, the corner in the, from the supplemental draft, which hopefully we see him on the field this year recovering from his knee injury. Sure. Uh, but yeah. it's going to take, you know, they have that early pick in the fourth, uh, which I believe is like 108. Um, and so you're, and they have multiple fourths. It's going to take those multiple fourths, maybe a future pick. If you want to get up from 95, 
uh, up until uh, you know that early third round range. It's going to take a little bit. It's going to have to hurt a little bit uh, to give up uh, some picks to, to move up. You know, 20 or so spots, which is not ideal to give away some you know picks in the in the first four rounds, but. It depends who they're going after. Are they going after a specific player? Are they going after a specific position? Sure. Uh, is that right. you know where you try to get your maybe another receiver? Is that where you try to if you don't get your offensive lineman, uh, try to go with offensive line depth? Or is there a, you know one of these quarterbacks that they like? Uh, you know, talking about a Will Greer or a Ryan Finley that maybe if he's falling into the early portion of the third round, maybe you go after him. So. Uh, it's uh, it, it's probably going to hurt a little bit if you want to go up from 95 up in you know 2025 20, picks and uh, that's going to probably take some future picks next year which you, you hate to give up but that's what happens when uh, you know unfortunately you, uh, you you don't pick for a while and you use one of the supplemental draft picks. Feel free, Dane, to throw out a player if you want, but maybe just a position. What's the sweet spot at 37 in terms of where you're going to find value at that top of the second round? It's safety, um, I, and I think probably you're looking at corner two because we're, mm-hmm. we're not going to see safeties come off the board in the first round. Maybe one gets in there, but for the most part, you know, talking about Jonathan Abram and Darnell Savage and you know uh, Gardner Johnson, Taylor Rapp, Juan Thornhill, Nasir Adderley, uh, we're going to see a lot of safeties in the top 50 to 60 picks, but might only have one if we have any in the first round. So that early to mid second right. round is going to be a lot of safeties and really DBs. We're going to have some corners come off the board as well. I think you can throw a receiver in there as well. Uh, we don't have a receiver in this draft who is a guaranteed to go in the top 25 picks. You know, we don't have a lock receiver in the top 25. Uh, now, I think we're going to see a few come off the board in that late first, and then there's going to be some talented receivers uh, available in that early se- uh, second round mix. You know, Nikhil Harry from Arizona State could be there. Um, uh, Debo Samuel from South Carolina. Uh, Paris Campbell, Ohio, Campbell, Ohio State, A.J. Brown possibly from Ole Miss. So there's going to be some pretty uh, talented wide receivers available in that early second round. So receivers and then DBs, both safeties and corners. I think that's really going to be the sweet spot in that early portion of uh, round two. Dane, final question, and I'm with Jeff. I think the Giants do try to move up into that mid-early third round area if they can, but they do right now have two fourth-round picks, three fifth-round picks. Dave Gettleman said in his presser last week that he thinks this is one of the deeper drafts he's ever been around, more top four-round picks than any draft he's been a general manager for. If you're picking in that fourth round or early five, where's the value there? What's your sweet spot position-wise for where deep down the board you're going to get contributors right away, even if it's in a you know situational type of role? I think wide receiver, uh, it's such a deep position this year. In, you know, after you get out of round one, it, it's, it's so deep that it's going to stretch a little bit. Sure. It, it, there are going to be some wide receivers that likely are available in the seventh round and go undrafted that are really going to surprise some people just because the sheer volume of wide receivers that we have in this mm-hmm. class. Um, I, I think corners will stretch a little bit. You know, you can get a, a Kendall Sheffield uh, from Ohio State, get him there in that area. And then I think, you know, linebackers, after you get past Devin White, Devin Bush, if you don't get your Devin in the first round, you're going to wait a little bit. And then, you know, day two, Mac Wilson, Jelani Tavai from Hawaii. But we're not going to see a lot of linebackers off the board. But then in the fourth round, that's when you feel better about, you know, taking your Blake Cashman's or, uh, you know, some of these other linebackers that have come off the board. So I think linebacker could be in that mix as well, just because we're not going to see a ton of those guys in a top 100 pick. The, the 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 depth of the linebacker class will certainly be when we start on day three. Some of those linebackers that 
uh, trickle into day three will be nice value. Final rapid-fire one for you. Does Josh Rosen get traded before the draft? And if so, what do you think the Cardinals get? I don't think he gets traded before the draft. I think we're going to be talking about it all over draft weekend. Where is he going to go? What's the return value? Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he's still on the Cardinals after the draft just because the Cardinals are going to be, you know, maybe just a little hesitant to not get top dollar. And so maybe they try and wait for a a team that gets desperate after an injury or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I think they get a second-round pick and then something else. Um, You know, whether that's another player or uh, a 2020 second-round pick, and then you know right. maybe another conditional pick or another player. I think the Redskins. It certainly makes a lot of sense. Case Keenum in a 2020 second rounder to Arizona. That gives Arizona their veteran quarterback, Case Keenum, who is well is very familiar with Cliff Kingsbury from their college days at Houston. Mm. Oh. Uh, and if Kyler Murray's not ready to, you know, if he gets hurt, if he's not ready from day one, you get your veteran quarterback. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Dane, great stuff. I really appreciate the time, my friend. Enjoy the next three days. You've worked your butt off. <laughs> You've earned to enjoy Are it Are you going bit. on vacation after this? you got to be going somewhere. <laughs> uh, well, first I need to just check in with my wife and kids, make sure they remember make who sure they, who, Yeah, and exactly. Then, uh, That's a good uh, idea. We'll go from there. That's a great idea, Dane, by the enjoy way. it. Thank you so much again yeah. for the time and, and, and being a fan of the program over the last few months. Appreciate you, it. Hey, anytime. Enjoy the draft, guys. Dane Thank Brugler. You. And again, uh, you can go to his at DP Brugler. Uh, Twitter handle, and you can find his draft guide there. He calls it the beast, and it is. It's 222 pages of draft goodness. It's really fantastic. Uh, we want to remind you, Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes. We got about 10 minutes before Matt Miller from Bleacher Report joins us, so we're going to try to rapid fire through these calls, folks, so get them in. Again, 201-939-4513 or hashtag Giants Chat. Scott in New Mexico will lead us off. How you doing, Scott? Hi, Scott. Uh, good, good, guys. How you doing? Good. well. Uh, good conversation. Uh, just a curious question, uh, and I'll make it brief. Uh, if the Giants do go with quarterback, uh, say they do go with Haskins at six, uh, and the edge rushers are off the table, uh, there's a controversial player out there, and I was wondering if the Giants would take a flyer on somebody like Jalen Ferguson. Well, I think the question is when. Uh, they would not. I, I would be blown away if he was a pick at 17. Uh, for me, Scott... Again, I don't think he's controversial. It's not like he has, you know, that many off the field problems. His thing was goes back to high school with some thing with some dude in the McDonald's. That wouldn't worry me with him. I think the question is whether or not he's a good enough player. And and Scott, thanks for the call. Okay, Again, I'll make sure I get to as many guys sure. as possible here in, in the ten minutes. But seventeen, no, thirty-seven. If you don't have an edge rusher after round one, I think he's in the conversation. He did set the NCAA sack record. I mean, he has skill. But he, his testing was terrible. And for a kid from a small program, you want to see good testing because that tells you it's going to carry over to a better competition. Okay. Right, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I think 30-70 is in the mix. And he ain't going to be on the board at the end of the third round. So if you want him, he's going to have to be at 37. It's just a matter of, like I said, you got to be so confident in your due diligence and your the way you vet these players um, and be and be certain that you have him ranked or where he's ranking. If he's there, you take him. That's basically what it is. Absolutely, and again, they aren't going to force it. But if they, if you get past pick thirty-seven and they haven't added a pass rusher, this defense is going to have some problems this year affecting the quarterback. That's not good. That can't happen. That cannot happen. Right. It won't happen. I'm telling you right Which now. Which is why, for me, the strategy at six is almost you almost just pick the best pass rusher, right? It's going to be a really good player because there's so many good pass and rushers. And I, I just think there's a chance. There's a there is a good chance, fellas. Seriously, that Allen may be there at six. And if he After is, the, you run to the podium. About? But huh? it, it, if he, that's the thing. If he's not, right, 
and you pick, let's say you, you pick, pick, you pick your best player. You pick your best player. Right. And let's say that's Devin White. The problem, and I've done multiple mock drafts where this is a problem. What happens if all the other pass rushers are wiped out by 17? You know, is what if Cleon Farrell and Brian Burns and Gary and Sweat are all gone, which is a legitimate possibility. Then it's you... a real possibility. And then you are in trouble. And if that's the case, honestly, and you're getting close and you think, you know, the Redskins and the okay, Panthers who think before you're going to go pass rusher, I would consider moving up to get one of those guys. But remember, that's how important I think it is. This is where you go. Remember, this all goes back on do you draft for need or do you draft for best player? So on your board, is Devin White your best player? If he's available, yep. you got to take him. Well, how much does need influence you? If, if, if he's the best player by a tenth of a point, does that trump need? I, I got to believe that you have to stick to your philosophy. And if, it, if it's it, – I only feel like your need is, an, is, is comes from if you want to go get a quarterback. But is it need or is it positional value? Well, I think it's a or, little – Or is positional value baked into your grade already? It's baked into your grade already. Okay. That, that's, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's how your evaluation has to go. And, and you know what? Uh, I would love to be in the draft, draft room just to just be fascinated how can one you, when you walk in there and see that board and see all those names, this is the way they're ranked. I mean, how cool is that? Um, it's not going to happen. But I will tell you that, it's, that there's a process that it goes through, and it's uh, pretty lock and key too. A.J. Marshall, any chance Quinn and Williams – Gets to the Giants at six? No, I do not believe there is. I do not believe he will get past the Oakland Raiders at number four. I think that's the spot where there's the point of no return. He does not get by um, Mike Mayock. I Although I will tell you that I've heard that. the Raiders really like Ed Oliver. Yes, but I think if Williams is there at four, I think that means the Jets took Ed Oliver. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. 201-939-4513. But you know what? Maybe not. I think it's crazy to pick Ed Oliver over Quinn Williams. I think it's crazy time because Williams is just as good as an athlete and a much better production, but that's just me. No, I, I agree with you there. I would take Quinn and Williams way before Ed Oliver. Jay in Pennsylvania is up next. Hey, Jay. Hi, Jay. How are you guys doing today? Good. We're great, Jay. Uh, great coverage of the pre-draft and all that stuff. You guys do a good job Thank every you. year. Thank you. Uh, my, my question is, I think the draft, is, you know, one through five, I think there's some really good players that teams might not want to pass up on. And and I think with the departure of like Odell and, and Collins, Giants fan base is a little upset. And I know I'm not a big fan of Haskins at six, but if he's there at six, he'll be there at seven. What do you think the possibility is they make a splash? They they pick it Oliver, and he's still there at seven. Haskins, and they want to go from seventeen to seven with Jacksonville. If that's possible, or even Detroit. What would it take? for them to do it this year, what they feel they might have to do next year. Because next year, they're going to have to give up something to go after another quarterback. So To go from 17 to 7. I thinking about that. Yeah, th th thank you, Jay. I appreciate it. To, to, to okay, go to yep. yeah, Thanks for the call. To, to go from 17 <laughs> to 7, you're wiping out your second-round pick, and you're either a future pick, and you might wipe out your first-round pick next year. Yep. I mean, i got to be honest. You might. No, I think you have to. There's no question. I think, and there, yeah. Or there, and there may be... Usually, there's also there could be a player involved in it. I don't know what player on the Giants that somebody may want. Yeah, a player could be involved. That's true. You know, but who yeah. knows? So, like, if you're moving from 17 to seven, all those picks in the fourth and fifth round don't mean they don't jack whatever. No, you know what I mean. They really don't. They, they, they don't mean anything. I, I believe that there there would be a future pick in there, and it may be your future yeah. one next year, yeah. and maybe something else too. But uh, might I, be. you got to really be 
be wanting a player that you're going to go up and get. Ten picks in the first round is a long way to go. Yes. The yes. only way, by the way, and we haven't really mentioned the quarterback at, at six yet, if all the pass rushers are wiped out, that's when I would consider it. Like, if, if there's no Oliver, there's no Allen, there's no Williams, there's no Bosa, and, and Oliver, I think it, there, there is a question with scheme fit. Um, then I would consider going the Haskins route, but if Josh Allen is there, he's your pick. He's your pick. You think so, huh? Uh, I, I think Josh Allen's the pick. Well, I know if that. If he's there. If he's there, there's no question. I still think that you're going to have to get somebody at six to be a pass rusher. You cannot go through this season again without having a guy like that, John. I, I'm, I, that's, you have to walk out of day one, and you have to have a pass rusher. You've got to be happy with who you get to. And yeah, you I'll have to be someone what. you're confident to plug in there and play 70% of the snaps, and he's going to be good. And I feel like you want to get a guy that's going to fit your system. Now, I know that Ed Oliver, we've talked about 3-4-4-3, three, four, four, three, just put him wherever. But you know what? I, you, you kind of hope that you're going to get a guy that's, that's comfortable in the, in, the, in, the, yeah. in the scheme he's already come out of. And you don't want to play nose tackle the way he did in college. That's not his position. No, and I, I would, but I'll tell you what. If, if Josh Allen is there, oh, my goodness. He is really good. And, and he fits the system perfectly. There, that's he's a what I'm he, can, yeah. he, he can even drop into zone coverage, by the way. He can do Everything you want a player you mix to do. him in there with Lorenzo Carter. I mean, you're talking about two very athletic guys. Oh, forget I mean, it. That can cover and can run. I mean, that's I like it. Josh Allen is a complete football player. Marco in Connecticut is up next. Marco, Marco, what's going on, pal? Good to hear from you. Oh, guys, you guys have absolutely crushed it again. This has been awesome. Listen to every show. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, yeah, my pleasure. Um, so. I got one quick point and then two little questions uh, okay. I want to get you guys' uh, take on. My point is um, I, I, I didn't even think Josh Allen would. Like, I'm trying not to think about him. Don't get much, excited. <laughs> Don't get too excited, Marco. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting too excited, but here's, here's the deal. We, and, and it's all of a sudden it's like Ed Oliver used to be a guy that I was like, wow, man, I, I'd, love to, I'd love for us to draft him. And now I'm thinking if he could sneak into that top five and if Tampa's picking – I, as a Giants fan personally, would be so excited to have either Devin White or Josh Allen because I think they absolutely sign off on everything we're looking for. Sure. Um, hey, look, Marco, I, I think, let me put it this way. You're going to have your choice of one of those that you White, Oliver, or Allen. One of those three guys is going to be there, and that's a good thing. I, I agree. I agree. Yep. And who do you okay. pick? In my opinion, you pick Allen. Out of those three. Uh, me, me, and me too. I agree with you. Take the pass rusher because, John, you convinced me the other day when you were on with Paul. It was like if you take – I forgot who the player was. You take a six, then literally who's the pass rusher that's left at 17? And when Spicy. I heard that, I was like, oh, God, we got to get Josh Allen. Well, it was Devin White um, probably is who you said. I think yeah. so, yeah. Uh, Devin, yeah. That's right. That's right. It was Devin White. Um, who, by the way, I think is a really good player. Again, but pass rusher. not a pass rusher. Exactly. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, okay, two two quick questions. One okay. question: What would you guys place the percentage that when the Giants play the Redskins this year, the quarterback for the Redskins will either be Josh Rosen or Dwayne Haskins? I would put Daniel Jones in that equation too. I think would you? I, I think there's a I think I've heard from a few different people that I trust that do this draft stuff that they're into Daniel Jones as well as Dwayne Haskins. They like both guys. Wow, amazing! Well, and what would you you'd put the odds pretty high? Um, I, I would put yes. The, I think the odds are very high that one of those three guys will be starting at quarterback for the Redskins on September twelfth. You know what? Maybe they want the guys to sit for a little bit, so maybe not September 29th, okay. but certainly on December twenty second. Well, amazing, amazing that like 
last year there's so many connections with Darnold and he ends up with the Jets. And now those three players that you just said in the division, that's one of them will be, will be uh, looking at them for the next X amount of years. But we'll see. Um, I got a, I got a question about Daniel Jones. Yeah, real quick, um, real quick. What did you, did you happen to see what Gil Brandt said about Daniel Jones recently? I did not. What he said. And, I had heard he was okay. very high on him. High on him is not even the word. He <laughs> compared him. He compared him to Peyton Manning, and he said, "He said it's not. I'm not just talking about Relax. his arm strength or what kind of player he was. He's he getting old. He believes. <laughs> he believes Daniel Jones is the total package. And when they, and listen, I I'm with you guys on hey, probably average, and you know I'm not too sure about him. But when someone like Gil Brandt speaks, I'm like right, that definitely got my attention. Hey, I appreciate so, it, Marco. Thank yeah. you. Uh, and and right. no one is. I, I have more respect for Gil Brandt than anyone. That guy. He's he's the best. But I think people are taking that Cutcliffe thing a little bit too far, and you start comparing it to Peyton Manning. Okay? Yeah, that's a tough comparison. I mean, you got to be careful when you Relax. go there. I, I mean, mean, he's that's. Uh, I actually think their arm strength is actually comparable. Neither I, one has an elite arm. I just think it's easy. I think, it ends there. I, I think it's easy to when you hear about the you know the Manning brothers, and then you've got you know it's uh, too easy. Jones, and they they go to this passing camp together, and and it's just it, that, that, I think that it gets the, a little, but listen. I think that, da- that Daniel Jones can be a good quarterback. Yeah. I saw him play against Miami this right. year. Um, I saw him make all the throws you need to. He's going to be the guy that's he's going to be your high percentage passer. He's going to he's not going to be real real successful down the field, but he's going to make everything you want to do in intermediate passes. He's a smart dude. He'll read the defense. He's a tall correctly. guy, yeah, and he's going to just stuff. be the. Will he be an All Pro? Maybe once. Maybe I mean you know a Pro Bowler, but you know he's not going to be Peyton Manning. I'm sorry. Will in Houston will be our final caller before Will. we get to Matt Miller from Bleacher Report. Will, what's up? I appreciate you guys taking my call. Yep, There's sure. so many things I wish I could talk to you about right now, but I'm just going to focus on one little thing. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I, I would not rule out the Cardinals that. not drafting Murray, and there's a couple of reasons that I want to go yeah. through this out. Now, now again, I, I personally wouldn't draft him. I, I'm not going to rule out that they won't draft him. I think it's probably more likely that they will than, than they want. Um, but there's a couple of things, and I'm going to make it real, real quick. Uh, I, I'm a former high school and uh, college quarterback as well, too. I'm in Texas, so I'm very familiar with Coach Kingsbury. Um, one of the things that you need as a quarterback in his scheme, as the air raid system, is you have to be very intelligent and have very good arm talent. You don't need someone, you know, exactly like Murray that's mobile and can run around. You're 100% system. correct, Will. This, there's this idea out there that you have to be mobile to play in that system. It's hogwash. Here's 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 a quick stat, and I'll leave you guys with this. I want you to guess who you think the quarterback is that has these stats. Seventy-one percent completion percentage, fifty-six hundred yards, nine point three yards per attempt, which is outrageous. Forty-eight touchdowns, five interceptions, one hundred and seventy-four passer rating. Drew Lock. That is who. That is Case Case Keenum. Oh, okay. <laughs> Houston, there you go. I'm I'm not surprised. Will, good call. I really yeah. appreciate it. Very yeah. very very yeah. astute call. And I'm with you. If I'm the Cardinals, by the way, I wouldn't draft Murray. I like Josh Rosen. I'm not sure Murray's a better quarterback than Rosen. And something something inside tells me that the the Cardinals. This is just a big smoke screen. Uh, I think they're and, taking Murray. But I do. I, I just you never know. I and mean, you know what? I, I it's just kind of funny because I mean, what are they? They're not keeping Rosen. He they can't keep him. And I I'm telling you, if a if a quarterback doesn't get hurt this off season, they're going to get pennies on the dollar because what happens Jeff these other teams are going to fill their spots that's right with other young quarterbacks that's right so then who's going to want to trade for them yeah so the I'm, longer they wait the fewer open spots there are if no one gets hurt which is possible you don't have a 
you know, season-ending quarterback injury every offseason, then all of a sudden they're going to be stuck with nobody offering anything that's of really great value. And so, if you're Josh Rosen and you come in, if you come in the Cardinals draft Murray, what do you say? You're you're going to yeah. the organization, going, yeah. uh, excuse me, I was a tenth pick in the draft last year, and you're going to sit me? I know. That's not going to work for me. Well, we're going to talk about that and more with our next guest. We're joined by Matt Miller. He covers the NFL draft for Bleacher Report. Matt, you got John Schmelk and Jeff Fiegels here in East Rutherford, New Jersey, inside the Giants practice facility. And welcome to New York, by the way. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, yeah. thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. All right, uh, we are one day away. Your months and months of toiling are about to come to fruition, and it seems like, quite frankly, we still don't have much of a clue, Matt, of what a lot of these teams are doing. So let's start there. The Giants pick at six. How good of a feel do you have right now for what the top five picks of this draft are going to look like, and what are your thoughts at this moment? Yeah, guys, I, I feel somewhat confident, but as always, a trade could change everything. So you, know, you look at the board right now with who's picking, feel good about the Cardinals taking Kyler Murray, feel good about the 49ers taking Nick Bosa, but the Crosstown New York Jets could kind of throw things upside down if they trade out of that spot. And I think also because there has been so many players connected to the Jets because they want to trade out, it's hard to right now figure out which direction they would go. I feel very good that it would be defense. It would probably be a defensive lineman like Quentin Williams, Ed Oliver, an edge rusher like Josh Allen, but it's hard to exactly put a pin on them. And I think the domino effect of what the Jets do could really affect who's on the board for the New York Giants. If the Jets stay pat and take Ed Oliver, the Giants might fall right into Josh Allen. If the Jets stay pat and take Quinta Williams, you might be able to get Ed Oliver. So it's it's really an interesting draft where everything kind of pivots at pick number three. And, and I want to just follow up on that real quick because I think Tampa at five is also interesting, Matt. If they have a choice between a Devin White, an Ed Oliver, and a Josh Allen, where do you think they have those two players ranked in their hierarchy? Because, you know, some people maybe don't think Allen is a traditional 4-3 end. They want to replace Quan Alexander. Ed Oliver, you know, do him and McCoy play the same position? How do you think the Bucks have those three players ranked on their board? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question, John. I would expect that Devin White is the top player that they believe they're going mm. to get, you know, mm. after Nick Bosa. Um, losing Quan Alexander free agency, not only do you get another guy from LSU, but I think you get an upgrade. Devin White is faster. He's a better tackler. <clears throat> he's more instinctive. So with this scheme that they want to run, and you guys um, you know, have probably seen a lot of it because the Jets were running that Todd Bowles 3-4, they're going to transition to more of that. They need a middle linebacker who can run, can cover, can blitz. You really need like a five-tool linebacker there. So I would think Devin White's high on the board. They drafted Vita Vea. At 12 overall last year, Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles got to find a way to get him onto the field, most likely as a nose tackle. I think Ed Oliver is not a great scheme fit for them because of this transition. You can look at that and say, well, in sub packages, he's still going to get on the field 70% of the time, and you need pass rushers there. And I do agree with that. You mentioned Gerald McCoy. He's most likely going to be out of town very right. soon. So if Quinn and Williams is available, I think that is something you got to look at and say, like, okay, there is a possibility that they could go defensive tackle because they're going to need guys who can play on the edge as a five technique. And Gerald McCoy does not fit that mold. So if they're going to stick with a tried and true three four defense, they're going to have to make some changes. Yeah, and Todd Bowles is variable, but you're right. If they go more three four, then maybe those guys do make sense. One quick follow up on Devin White before I throw it over to Jeff, Matt. Devin White watching his tape this year. 
we know athletically he has the skill and ability to cover in his arsenal, but I just didn't see him do it a ton at LSU. How confident are you that those physical traits will translate to an ability to consistently cover? Because you know as well as I do, the way the NFL is now, if you can't cover and you're an off-the-ball linebacker, you shouldn't be a top-ten pick. Yeah, I, I think you have to project it forward a little bit. And I, you could say the same thing about Roquan Smith last year. Sure. Where you have guys that really really weren't asked to cover because that's the way that the college game is played, especially in their conference. So I think with Devin White, you might have to watch two years of film to see him cover 40 times, but you can do it. You can find it out there. I think go back to the Georgia game last year, especially there were times he was asked to cover Isaac Nata, blanked him really well at the tight end position. So, And I do think, I mean, you look at a dude who, I mean, he was a better running back than linebacker in high school. He's six foot tall, 237 pounds. He ran a 4.42, he had a 4.17 short shuttle. Those athletic traits point to you might have to teach him a little bit how to read and react to coverage, but there's nothing athletically that would tell me he can't do it. So, you know, we're one day away. And by the way, you know, thank you for all the work you've done over the all, all you all you draft analysts is amazing. The work you guys put in for guys like John and I to be able to, to piggyback off of your information. And at least I do a lot of it. But, you know, this is all coming down less than 24 hours away or more than 24 hours away. You hear a lot about the quarterback. You, you hear a lot about Josh Rosen. i got to ask you this. So there's one, one thing that I'm questioning is if, if the, the Washington Redskins, I'm hearing, this is just what I've just heard today, it's kind of become a rumor now that they really want to go after Dwayne Haskins. You know, there, is it, are, are you hearing this about this Washington Redskins team? Is this a team that could jump up high enough to go get him? And if it, this, this does happen, in my mind, this is where the Giants are now. If they sit at six, they're going to get their defensive player that they want. It could be a Josh Allen or it could be one of those other top guys, an Ed Oliver or someone like that. Yeah, I, I think the Redskins are the team to watch right now because they're out on Josh Rose. And I know Diana Rossini reported that, and she's fantastic right. with her Redskins intel, so I would believe it. Um, I, I think that they are a team to watch. I don't know if they would want to go all the way up to three mm-hmm. where the New York Jets are. I think that's. You know, that's the question. Um, the word came out earlier this week that the Raiders might like Dwayne Haskins, which really felt like that information was coming out of Floral Park. So <laughs> I, I think the Jets have tried to do a good job of spinning this. That, hey, the Giants like Haskins. The Raiders like Haskins. Somebody better come up here to get him at three. So I think that's the interesting point is do the Redskins believe the smoke screens that have been put out there, or do they trust their intel that says, you know, a lot of people are believing that Dwayne Haskins is going to be the third or maybe fourth quarterback off the board. Mm-hmm. So I think you can maybe kind of wait and see how the board plays out. I don't think Oakland's going to draft him at four. I don't think the Giants are going to draft him at six. So you might be able to – got to gamble here a little bit, but right. you might be able to sit back and wait. Now, if you're a Redskins fan, you're probably screaming at your radio saying, <laughs> if he's our top quarterback, we have to go get him, right? right. You, can't, you can't trust that he's going to be there, but – I don't know that they have to move up to three in order to get Dwayne Haskins. Well, just one quick question. So, you know, we talk about this, and John and I have been going over the draft for a long time, and, and it, we hear about you don't want to draft for need. But let me ask you this. In your opinion, if a team is, is like the Giants are, are wanting a, a quarterback eventually, you know, they're going to need a replacement for Eli Manning. Do you jump up and get a guy that you need if in a quarterback position? I'm just talking about the quarterback now. Um, is that something the Giants will go after if he's there just because of the need, do you think? Uh, I think the, it's so tough to say because it, the teams that really needed quarterbacks, a lot of them filled their need. 
So I don't know that you would have to jump up. Like, say they get Josh Allen at six, and you're sitting there watching the board, knowing that you have pick 17. I wouldn't be inclined to jump up. And I think so much does depend on if the Cardinals take Kyler Murray, you know immediately that Josh Rosen is on the board. You can trade for Josh Rosen. So if these quarterbacks, if Drew Locke goes off the board, if Daniel Jones goes off the board, you have a pretty good contingency plan. You sure. call the Arizona Cardinals and say, what's it going to take? Is it going to take 37? Is it going to take you know that, that late pick we have in round three? What's it going to take to get this player? Um, is it a package of picks? Mm-hmm. So I think Dave Gettleman really has good flexibility that you don't you don't have to panic and overdraft one of these quarterbacks this year or mortgage the future to go get them. If the board plays out that way, take Josh Allen at six, take on Taylor at 17 or you know, Andre Dillard at 17, and then look at, okay, we're not drafting a quarterback to play in 2019 anyway. Right. So you could trade for Josh Rosen. You could draft Will Greer. So I know there's a lot of pressure from the fans, especially to get that franchise quarterback, to get the quarterback and waiting but I don't know that there's that you know insane sense of urgency to get it done in the first round. And Giant fans, we will, by the way, ask Matt who he thinks the Giants will pick at 6-17, and 17, but that'll happen at the end of the interview, so make sure you stay tuned. <laughs> um, in terms of Rosen, I'm having trouble figuring out exactly what the Cardinals are trying to do here. They've clearly now leaked that, oh, we're willing to hold on to him and have both him and Murray on the team together. Yeah, right. Th- that's been out there. I'll believe it when I see it. I understand not wanting to trade a guy you moved up to get for last year for a premium pick. I really think they've almost backed themselves into a corner here, Matt, where uh, they're either going to have to settle or they're going to have to hold them and then wait for maybe a quarterback to get hurt like what happened with Sam Bradford a couple years ago and a team panics and they want him. I just don't quite see exactly what the Cardinals' endgame is right now with Josh Rosen. You guys ever bought a car and you go in and the, the sales is like haggling with you and he's like, well, i got to go talk to my business manager and get the final price. And they come back and they're like, you know what, we want – forty thousand dollars for this car and you're like no way i'm out of here you know you're doing that hoping that they'll lower the price a little bit that's what the cardinals are doing right now but the the opposite they're saying you know what we might keep it so if you're the chargers or the giants or the dolphins and you actually want josh rosen you're gonna have to offer a little bit more money or we're just gonna keep him here on our team i I think it's all just a ploy you know and it's tried and true we've seen so many nfl teams do this over the years of you know what actually we'll just keep him if you guys wanted it bad enough you give us more I think that's where they're at, trying to get the most that they can. And this is something that, you know, I reported like probably a month ago was that they are actually trying to save face. They want to be able to walk out there in that right. post-draft press conference and say, yeah, we drafted a quarterback at one after we traded up to draft <laughs> one at 10 last year, but it's okay because look what else we got. You know, yeah. look, we got a second-round pick or we got a third and a fifth. So well, they can they can still spin this message of trying to build a team. I got to believe that whoever gets Josh Rosen, because I got a hard time believing that Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray are going to be on the roster at the same time. There's going to be so much pressure. I mean, the fans in Arizona aren't the fans like in New York. Could you imagine if this was happening in New York? (laughs) This would be ridiculous. But I, I really believe that whoever does get Josh Rosen, in my opinion, is going to get a pretty good quarterback. Okay, and also they're going to they're going to assume a great and a contract. They don't have to pay out the signing bonus that the Cardinals did. So this is a really uh, enticing deal for somebody that's in the market for a quarterback like Josh Rosen. So regardless who gets him, I think they're going to be in a pretty good position. And, and man, to follow up what Jeff just said, I can't imagine they'll do better than the Giants at 37. Do you think a team would eventually offer a late one, or do you think a two is the best that they're going to do? Uh, you know, I've actually heard guys that the teams are offering three. Right, so me too. I've heard the same. Yeah, so that would like be thirty-seven. Would be 
Yeah, I think the Cardinals would jump over 37. Where this hurts the Giants is they don't have that Correct. 71st pick because of the Sam Beal selection. So yep. if you get into a bidding war with the Chargers, the Chargers pick at 91, the Giants pick at 95 right now. Mm. So you might have to throw you in a kicker. To. You know, yeah. you got to throw in a fifth or a fourth next year if it comes down to it. Of them. Yeah, the Giants have plenty of draft picks to be able to throw in that kicker. Um, no pun intended, not a real kicker, but a kicker <laughs> pick. Um, the, the other thing, too, is that when you think about the Giants, from the Giants' perspective, if the Giants were able to go out and get there, in my opinion, their two stud defensive players, which I think they can get, and get a Josh Rosen for that that pick that we just talked about, wow, that you're coming out with those for, those. That's a pretty good three person picks right there. Get picking up Josh Rosen and picking up two sure. first rounders for defense. That would certainly, in my opinion, would address the need of this team. Um, and I think that Josh Rosen. Then you got to talk about what happens with Eli Manning and that whole yeah, thing. Course. But the bottom mm-hmm. bottom line is that. Like I said before, you buy into a good contract and you've got a good future for, for Josh Rosen. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I think it will work out real well. To I be think quite people would be very mm-hmm. pleased with that. All right, Matt, how about the pass rushers? Because I sit there and there's a chance that Oliver Allen, Williams, and Bosa are all gone and the Giants get there at six. And maybe they think Devin White's the best player or a non-pass rusher, right? Do you think any of that top-tier group, and I'm talking about Sweat, Burns, or Ferrell, will still be on the board when the Giants get to 17. Because I think the Giants have to get out of that first round with one of those Tier 1 or Tier 2 pass rushers. Will one be left at 17? Mm. You know, I, I think yes. And it yeah. it might be Cleveland Pearl. He might be the last one. And, and unfortunately, you know, he's not a great fit in a 3-4 defense. That's correct. Um, you know, he's more of a true 4-3 defensive end. So it, it might take some, it might take four quarterbacks going in the top 15 in order for that to happen. Um, but... When you look at this class, like it, it's been watered down because Montez Sweat now has the heart issue that some people are worried about. He was dismissed from Michigan State as a freshman because of disciplinary issues. So I think Montez Sweat could be there, but it's going to be a team by team basis on if you right. believe he's yeah. okay to play. You know, it's kind of like Maurice Hurst last year, top twenty player, fell in the draft because of a heart issue. Ultimately, the Raiders picked him up, and they really like what they got out of him. But it's a it's a pretty big risk, especially in the first round. So it's possible that a Brian Burns is there. It, it's possible that the, the Giants are one of the teams that's actually okay with Montez Sweat. But this is really now about a five-pass rusher class. Yep. And like you said, John, Nick Bosa is going to go early. Josh Allen's going to go early. Rashawn Gary is a player that you would probably keep an eye on to see where he starts to fall down the board. Brian Burns is going to go most likely in the top 14 or 15 picks. So. If you don't get your pass rusher at six, basically, you might have to move up from 17 to secure a guy. Wow, that's interesting. And I guess it all depends on really the quarterbacks at the top of this draft. There's a couple, maybe a tight end and some offensive linemen so that some of those guys we just talked about eventually move back to the number 17 pick. Let me ask you this. Give me a guy that you think, and outside the guys that we just talked about, let's just say from outside the top 15, give me a player that you like that a lot of people have seen lately. I mean, we know Ed Oliver's kind of jolted up the up the list here recently. Is there a guy out there that you like that a lot of people aren't talking about that could get into the mid-first round? Yeah, my guy's Rocky Sin from Temple Corner. Uh, the rare corner who was a two-time state wrestling champ in high school. So you know he's tough, he's physical, he's smart. Um, and he was a one-year starter at Temple. Was a JUCO guy that came in. The coaches there, I can think of a handful of players in my career that coaches have been higher on and talked better about than Rocky Sin. So he brings everything to the table. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first corner off the board when the draft starts. 
All right, let's go to the Giants at six, Matt. We, we've, we've kind of circled around it a little bit. Uh, I think we all agree that if Josh Allen is there, they will take that card. They will and run to the podium. Dave Gettleman will pull both hamstrings trying to get that <laughs> pick in. Uh, if he's not there, what do you think the direction might be if you're looking at you know the three top guys, Williams, Bosa, and Allen all off the board? And there hasn't been a dra- there hasn't been a there hasn't been a trade. Correct. Yeah, well, no trade. That's that's really the worst possible scenario <laughs> that you laid out here. Yeah, uh, I think that you would look at it then and say, how do you feel about Rashawn Gary? You know, where are you at on him? Are you okay with the shoulder injury? Because I think he fits what Dave Gettleman wants uh, in a pass rusher, someone who can play all over the defense. So Rashawn Gary would probably be an option there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised in that scenario if you and you might want to reach, but if you looked at an offensive tackle like Jonah Williams, you know, someone who could play, he could play center, he could play right tackle. He started at Alabama as a true freshman at right tackle. But, you know, if, if Bosa, Williams, and, and Allen are off the board, that's really a worst-case scenario. And, and probably because Devin White is going to come off the board five. So right. um, yeah. it, it's a, that's a tough that's – a, that's a really tough scenario for the Giants. Well, and you know what? And you're, you're in that war room, Matt. That's what these guys have to prepare for. You have to figure out who your number six player is. Because you might not get one of your top four. You might not get one of your top five. But you're guaranteed to get number six. And it's just a matter of who that number six is going to be. And it all depends. And really, it goes down to really your, your due diligence on all these players and how you rank them. That is so important in that yeah. draft day. Because you got to be legitimately cons- – you have to be confident in every one of those guys on your board. You have vetted them. Yep. And, and you have your number one guy, number two – all the way down to 17, whatever, you got to make sure that those are your guys. So, Matt, you don't think Oliver could fit in as a five technique in base and then go in a three in nickel spots? I, I actually don't, and I, okay. I really like that, Oliver. Yeah, I me too. I think in this defense, like, you might you might look at him more as, like, trying to play him outside. You know, and I, mm. I know that there were reports of that. It seems looking at him as maybe an outside guy. And he bulked up for the combine. I don't think he actually weighs in the 280-pound range. I think he, he's probably playing around 275. So, you know, there is some precedent for guys like that being able to come off the edge. Um, and and Ed, Oliver, Ed Oliver, excuse me, just a special player. So Bench might look at Ed Oliver and say, all right, man, like, let's just get him on the field. I'll figure it out. Exactly. You know, whether it's 3 4 4 three, you know, that doesn't really matter. You just find a way to get that dude out on the field. All right, 17, Matt. Obviously, people have talked about the quarterback in this spot. What do you think about the value there? Uh, for either Jones or Locke. My guess is that if it's one of the two, it would probably be Jones and, and not Locke. Uh, do you think maybe all four guys, quarterbacks, are gone at that point? What do you think the Giants would be looking at at 17 in terms of availability and who the best value is going to be? Yeah, I have a seven-round mock draft coming out Thursday, guys, and I actually have them getting Drew Locke here. And a little bit of a surprise. I was, I was surprised the board fell that way, but yeah, I have him coming up here as the fourth quarterback. If all four go in the top 15, which some people expect, I think this is where you look at – if you get a, a D lineman at six, you get your offensive lineman here. Garrett Bradbury could be available. Yeah. Juwan Taylor from Florida might be available. Uh, Chris Lindstrom from Boston College. Andre Dillard from Washington State. The teams are where we expect the run on offensive lineman to happen. So if Jonah Williams comes off the board in the top 11, it's, you know, he, he's probably gone by here. But you could still have the bulk of the offensive lineman available. And, and we've seen, like, gentlemen prioritize this. You signed Nate Solder. You draft Will Hernandez. They haven't been shy about trying to fix the offensive line. You trade for Kevin Zeitler, who's a fantastic player. But 
you know, I think there's still a need at right tackle. There's still a need at center no where it would make some sense to go get one of those. Uh, uh, you go ahead, Jeff. I'm yeah, sorry. Well, I'm just thinking you look at the way they're building that offensive lineman. They're, they're going from left to right, and there's only one position left, and that's the right tackle that they need to address. And usually we've seen in the draft that when there's one lineman drafted, they usually go in sequential order. They're boom, boom, boom. Right. You know, So yeah. that's a good idea. Let me ask you this. So if the Giants were to go at 17, you said you have Drew Locke. Does that mean that Daniel Jones is off the board somewhere before that, or do you have him going after Drew Locke? Yeah, I have Daniel Jones coming off the board before that. You and do, it, okay. It's hard to slot these quarterbacks sure. right now because it feels like I've heard Cincinnati likes every quarterback in this draft. So <laughs> it, it's somewhat more than most draft years, guys. This year has been a lot of guesswork. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, and I think there's still going to be a lot of guesswork going into tomorrow's draft team. Yeah, and it's, it's funny. I was listening to your podcast the other day, and you've made the point that, there's, especially around the Giants, there's a lot of guesswork. It seems like nobody has any idea what Dave Gettleman's thinking. Which is exactly what he wants. Yeah, I mean, the last regime, I, I was calling out their picks before they made them. So it, it's, I, I guess it's nice for you guys and for the fans that it's not quite as transparent <laughs> as it used to be, but for guys like me, it's... Not quite as fun, I'll tell you that. All right, I got, I got two more quickies, Matt. One at 37. I'm not going to ask you to predict a player because obviously we don't know who's going to be there. But to me, that's a sweet spot for corners. I sat down last night, and I actually tried to – I looked at probably about 15 corners, and I tried to rank them. It's a damn mess. I don't know how to sort through these guys depending on what you want and what you need. Uh, you're just thought at 37. What's the sweet spot, and, and what corners would you like for bet your scheme at that spot? Yeah, it is a, a good spot for corners because we don't expect many to go in round one. So I think you know, Byron Murphy is a little bit of a smaller guy. He's kind of like Janoris Jenkins, who has feisty, good technique. I do think he could be a fit. DeAndre Baker from Georgia. DeAndre Baker is the best tackling corner in this class. So if you want a physical cornerback, he would make sense there. You know, to your point, John, I'll be interested to see how Gettleman does value the corner position. You know, that is kind of his reputation that he yeah. in Carolina didn't value the corner spot. So is that somewhere where they would go early or are they confident waiting until late round three, you know, early round four to try to get a corner? That's how he built that secondary in Carolina. So I, I could also see them going interior offensive line here if they don't at seventeen. You know, if they if mm-hmm. they go pass rusher at six, quarterback at seventeen, this could be a spot where a guy like Eldon Jenkins from Mississippi State who can play guard or center, would be a really good value for them. And then, Matt, final question. They're loaded up with fourth and fifth round picks. I would expect they're going to try to get into the middle of that third round some way, shape, or form in a trade. Uh, but are you looking at wide receivers fourth and fifth round, maybe a backup running back, or corners going to be left? Where do you think you're going to find value in those fourth and fifth rounds where the Giants have five selections in this draft? Yeah, you know what? I really actually like the linebacker position a lot as mm. well in the fourth and fifth round. So that's an area where you can find athletes who maybe fell in the draft because of an injury. Maybe they fell in the draft because of a suspension in college. But good players can be found there. There will be running back depth. There's good wide receiver depth, too, because I, I honestly believe the receivers in this draft have been in some way a media creation. There's going to be guys that fall. We might only see one receiver go Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that group is going to fall to round two. Then there's going to be a group that falls to round three. So rounds four and five, you can, you can find steals. Look what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done, finding steals outside of the first two rounds at receiver. So I, I think that receiver, corner, linebacker, those are the spots on day three where you, you feel like you can definitely get some values. Matt, great stuff. We yeah, appreciate you, your hard work all year long. Yeah. Try to enjoy the draft if you can. <laughs> and, I, and I know you guys are doing some live stuff too, so why don't you tell the people where they can find your work? Yeah, we're doing a lot uh, a live stream again this year. Uh, we've done it every year since 2013, actually. So follow it on Bleacher Report's YouTube, Twitter, and in our app. It's commercial-free. 
free to watch. We'll be breaking down every pick. No press conferences, no shots to the commissioner, <laughs> none of that. Just football talk. It'll be fun. Matt, thank you for being a friend of the program. Enjoy yeah. Thursday night. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. That's Matt Miller. He's at his hotel in New York getting ready for his live work for Bleacher Report. And good stuff today for him and Dave Brugler. And Jeff, we're not going to talk to you before the Giants make their next draft pick. So give me your final prediction real quick. Well, I think they're going to go defense with the sixth pick. Um, I think it's going to be all dependent on kind of how we've talked about the draft. Will they pick a quarterback in the first round? They will... They will pick a quarterback in the first down. And I think it's going to be, I think it's, well, listen, I, I think, I think they will, but I actually, if, if I'm going to tell you this, it's going to be Drew, Drew Locke. You think Drew Locke? I okay. do. I, think, I really I, do. I, if you have to make me guess, I don't think they will pick one on Thursday night. If they do, I think if it's a choice between Locke and Jones, they'd pick Jones. But we'll find out. It'll be fun. Yep. And of course, make sure you check out our live coverage of the draft on MSG on Thursday night. Then we'll be live here on Giants.com on this set on Friday night and Saturday afternoon. For Jeff Eagles, I am John Schmelk. Thank you so much for joining us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Tomorrow at noon on draft day, we do our mock draft with Paul Dottino, Lance Menno, and I at noon. Then, of course, the draft gets underway Thursday night. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Have a good one.